Hello and welcome to Round the Boards, but not because it's just me today, and this is sort of podcast, but not. I am joined with uh, the co-host for Pit Bay One Hundred and One, which is Craig Hell. Say hello, Craig, please. Uh, hello, Craig. Hi, Ken. You're right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I was going to say I'm not good, but I'm not bad. Um, and we are joined by our first guest of about five, six, or seven. We haven't really decided yet. Um, you may know him. We've had him on a couple of times. He is apparently a speeder rider, but he's also quite a good stuntman. Hello, James Jessup. Welcome to Pit Bay. Hello. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be the first guest. And I look forward to being the first guest and then disappearing into obscurity when you get bigger names. That is how we do it around the boards. Shout out to Ryan Mitchell. Um, yeah, so Pit Bay 101, it's, I'm sure you've all seen or heard of Room 101, and it's definitely not a rip-off with just a slightly speedway twist. Um, James is going to bring us three things which he wants to put into Pit Bay 101, and if we think it's a good idea, we'll put it in Pit Bay 101. And if it's not, then we tell him to go away and do something else. And, yeah. I, I can feel Craig's anger towards... <laughs> what I'm going to suggest already. We've not even got to it. Hey. I, I, don't know, I don't know what you're on about, mate. Save it for something special. Um, yeah, basically, this is something that we're basically just going to try and do during the off-season until probably March or February when we come back with the actual podcast because, long story short, I'm bloody bored, okay? So, and, yeah. You, you wouldn't be bored if your football team was just a little bit better. That's the problem. I'm bloody bored, and it's something to do. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably. I don't know if this is going to be weekly, but we will get them out between now and the start of the show, probably, maybe, hey, whenever. Um. Anyway, back to the show, James. What is your first thing that you would like to put in our lovely pit beer, nice and clean pit beer one hundred and one? Uh, so when you came to me with a suggestion, obviously uh, I took a good deep thought about it, and um. So this the first one I'm going to come in with is something that I've actually moaned about long before I was even a rider. This is something that I found frustrating, and that's um, average limits, right? Average limits in the, uh, the sport. I'm not a fan of them, um, particularly in the prem, the Premiership in Britain. Uh, I don't think average limits work because uh, teams get punished. We're going to use Bellevue as an example. Uh, the last two seasons, they've done very well to create good teams. But a lot of the foundations that they've built for that team, so successful rising star and Tom Brennan, uh, bringing in uh, some top-class riders that have developed, uh, they get punished. We've built Frick up from when he came over to the UK and started his top-flight career. And then we got punished because we couldn't use him because we also had a success in Dan Bewley. There's also, uh, we've got Kurtz, and he's improved since coming across to Bellevue by a point and a half. Um, and it... We've had to drop Tom Brennan this year, even though he's a good... We um, had about two and a half years of him, I think it was. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. And I'm not a fan with uh, the Rising Star system now. That I like the Rising Star system. I think it's good. But I think it should just be a set. If you're under 23, um, you're in. Not this, if you get an average of four, you're out. Because like Jordan Jenkins, I'll use him as an example. He's a great rider. He's just got over four. And but now because he's not the right starter, just goes on average of four, and the league has got stronger. His average of four is a false average of four, and I think it might, you know, it, I'm sure he'll have a good season, but it's a false average of achieved. I think if you're under 23, you get to stay in the system until you come of age. And if you haven't made the most of it, that's on you. If you are an average of eight 
at reserve. Well done to the club that signed you and helped you get there. You know, I think you raised some good points there, um, especially with the Rising Stars. I think, it personally, it should be in the Championship. I would agree. The Rising Star system should be in the championship, but my my main gripe at the moment is the average limit limitations. And there's all, we haven't got any this year in the Premiership. And normally there's always a stupid, uh, a silly rule like you can only have one rider over eight. Uh, I don't like that. I think because it, it, it stops long term planning in teams. Like if we sign Bloodorn, Brennan, Frick, Bewley, you know, and with the idea of build, developing them into a spine of a team just for them to get ripped apart when they show potential and someone else gets to benefit from it. And then we have to replace them with a rider who's on the down of a career or start again with another rider who's just going to get binned off in two years because they, they did half a point better than expected. I think build to your budget. If a team can't afford to compete in the premiership, then you like don't race in it. But ultimately, I think uh, that opens a whole other conversation of how promotion and relegation works. But I think... Build your budget. Let's see what a good team can look like. If Bellevue or Kings Link, well, maybe not Kings Link because they don't typically do Sheffield. Bellevue and Sheffield, they seem to be the two big, the ones that seem to go big. If they want to get a top four of like Kurt, Bewley, Brick, Lidsey, Evan, Zagar, something like that, or Wolfenden or Lambert, if they can afford it, let's do it. Let's see what it, it happens in the extra league. You get to see some superstar teams. Let's see what we, how good we can really get. And I know there'll be some teams that struggle, but you build to your budget, and that gives also more incentive for you to increase your crowds, increase your budget, increase the business plan. Uh, and I, and then I would introduce, I would get rid of it in both leagues. Um, and then I'd introduce a proper relegation promotion so that teams like Poole or Glasgow that have got a bit more financial muscle can't drop to the championship and then bring Patrick Dudek over. You know, I, I think what, what you're saying there, it's, it's got a decent... I don't know what the right word is, but you know what I mean. It, there's there's some potential with that idea, yeah. But um, my my main argument for it is, you know, there's not many clubs that have the same backing that you know. For example, we'll say Glasgow because you know they are one of the most financially secure teams in the in well yeah the, the league structure completely. And I, I I know they probably wouldn't want to blow the budget on a team that they probably wouldn't be able to afford with the current fans coming in, but. Yeah, there's there's definitely some ideas to it. I just think you know, but then in let's say in any spot, you know, look at Manchester City for the last ten years, they've been doing the same thing, and it's I think it adds something different to Speedway saying, oh well, anyone can win it because all the teams are technically level. Okay, well, just... all, the, all the teams are probably technical level, but they're still financial. Like you put Glasgow and Plymouth to build the same limit. Glasgow are still going to build a superior team because of their budget. So why not let them build what they want? They'll get their crowds in and build. they can start building like a club identity if they want instead of just a mix match every year. Kane, just one quick thing. Um, James obviously mentioned about like Glasgow, Paul bringing Dudek over. Can we have him on a four, please? Um, um, no. no. You, wouldn't need, you wouldn't need him on a four if there's no average limit. You just have Dudek. It was more of a Paul fan comment, but yeah, okay. Listen, Craig. Obviously, I've got a good respect for Paul from my year there. But stop fiddling your averages, man. Deal with what you've got. See, I've, I've, not, I've never fiddled an average in my life, thank you. He can't sure, be Chris. <laughs> You know, I, I think your, your first point, it's, it, it's a good point to start with. And uh, 
I, I would like to personally see promotion and relegation involved in speed. I know it didn't work the first time around, but like you said... Well, you that's know, why you need an incentive to be in the Premiership. And yeah. I think with Phil Morris, we will get to that point. Not instantly, but I think it will become the place to be. And I know some a lot of pool fans I've seen are getting a bit like irritated at the Championship. Um because I think someone said before that crowds appeared to be down this year at Pool. The same well, in that case, you might as well go back to the Thursday night and give it a good go. Yeah, definitely. Or you could, or you could drop down to the National League and be another big fish in a small, even smaller pond. If there's a trophy, we'll be there. And for that reason, I think we should keep the average limit so Pool can bring in Padre Judek on the fall. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't know about you, Craig, but I'm I'm actually I think I've been uh, been swayed there. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you, I just should get get out, get him going. Yeah, well, just to, so when James started talking, um, I thought two things. Firstly, that I was like, well, it's James talking. But secondly, um, it was um, that I, I was sat right on the fence with this. Um, and you know what, James James has he's he sort of I I like the Rising Star program idea. That's really good. Um, but yeah, I think he swayed me into getting rid of average limits. To be honest, there we go. I I think you you won nil, James. Well done. Bingo, bango, we're in. Unlike Huddersfield, maybe you you can keep a clean sheet, but we'll see. Um, hey, hey, we did on Boxing Day. Don't matter. Moving on. The second, we actually we are going to take a, a, a quick break in between these because we do have a few questions for you as well, and you know you do know the two questions that well the two big questions we're going to ask you. Um, we're, going to do the, we're going to do the first one now. Um, we'll start with the the, the trap question. Now, let's say, I was going to say in an ideal world, but it wouldn't be an ideal world. Um, let's say Speedway is about to be non-existent for whatever reason, any reason at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you have this, I don't know, some time machine or something, I don't know. But you can watch, watch or ride one last meeting on one last track, past the present. Which track are you picking and why? Can I pick one to ride and one to watch? You can. So I would love to go back and watch the World Cup final again from this year. Was it because I, I can't? Was, uh... I would... No, no, that would be. Uh, uh, I would simply remove you from the memory. Okay. Um, but I think you'll agree that meeting had everything you would want from a speedway meeting: an atmosphere. Fantastic racing, a close contest, actual stakes. Like, that was peak speedway, in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I, I would put that. I mean, that, I mean, that whole week was, that whole week before the highlight yeah. of my year, but that, yeah. that final in particular, um, obviously, if Yunoski could, like, not make a start or have a chain come off in Heat 20, even better. Cool legend. Pool, pool legend, but um, yeah. So much of a pool legend has gone to Oxford. Hmm. Well, even we can get him in the championship, people. But um, if I could ride any track, oh, I'd want to ride Cardiff in a full crowd. Just to say I've done it. Poor crowd. Oh dear. No, not a poor crowd in a full crowd. No, you poor know. crowd for you. Oh. Yeah. Poor I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to ride Cardiff just to say that I've done it. Because yeah. I've ridden, I've ridden Bellevue. That'd be the next one. But I'd want to ride a track I've not been to, and it'd be Cardiff. Or if not Cardiff, Rockwell, because I just think it'd be fun. I definitely would hit that fence. Oh, we know. Don't worry. Multiple times, multiple fences. Yeah. I'm gonna try out every airbag. Yeah. 
fresh test dummy and all that, you know, you're doing them a favour, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you pay for the damages. Um, I'm I'm just going to bring Craig in because you know he hasn't really spoken too much yet, and I know JJ does. Like I would say that's positive. Yeah, maybe, but we'll we'll see. So I would say. Listeners, let us know. Um, Craig, you know, you're a pool fan, and um, I am. Yeah, I know this question will be coming up later on. Uh, but yeah, what's your thoughts for next season with pool, and you know how how is your journey in speedway been? And yeah, give us a. Story of Craig. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you've got long enough for that. But um, I'll yeah, know you're down for two minutes maximum. So I've been going to pool. I went my first meeting when I was a week old. Uh, the reason I'm called Craig is because pool's captain '94 was Craig Boyce, as the year I was born. Um, oh, I thought you were named Craig Cook. No, no, no I love him. Oh, I wish. It was just my luck that Alan Rosser wasn't captain that year. But uh, no, um, yeah. So I've been going ever since. Um, obviously, I've been very lucky with being a pool fan. I remember. Paul winning their first title or the first title when I I was going, my brother looked at me and said, you know, just take the team because you're not going to get this again. And um and do you know what we've we've obviously been quite lucky. Obviously going down to the championship, I mean I know a lot of fans have you know I'm just grateful to have Speedway there because you know a, a you don't know how long it's going to be there for. B you know we've seen a lot of Southern clubs like you know your Swindon's your Eastbournes that are unfortunately not there anymore. Um so I'm grateful for having Speedway. And I, you know I personally would like to be in the top league rather than the championship, but you know. Again, just grateful for the Speedway. Uh, I'm grateful for the Pitt Brothers as well, to be fair. Um, but yeah, so... I'm you know, grateful for one of them. Depends on each other. But um, yeah. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, I'm, next season is sort of like a bit of a, a, bit of a mixed bag. Like, you know, the season just gone, you know, was a bit of a, you know, they're almost like they, they almost got to the, you know, the trophy and then just ran out of steam, which is very unpool like But, you know, talking to a couple of the riders and, and people behind the scenes they were sort of running an empty towards the end of injuries and things like that. Um, plus we also have just Glasgow being a better team, especially at the end. And Scunny um, and Scunny. I, I, yes, hello Dan Palmer. Um, but yeah, um, next season I'm looking forward to seeing how Brennan goes because his last two appearances there for, uh, for Glasgow he was very, very good. Um, I, you know, I'm just looking forward to sort of seeing, seeing different faces as well. I mean, Sam Hagen really impressed me with the um, Paul versus Swindon challenge match. Um, Love those, not let me ever forget. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with hope for some more trophies around the corner. So yeah, I think that's just about. Maybe maybe this is the year, Craig. You bring the Jubilee Trophy home. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Queen will be happy. We'll keep on dreaming. Anyway, we will move back into the actual Pit Beer 101. Can you make two out of two? I don't know. Well, maybe. We'll see. It depends which one he says. There's one of them I don't like. Um, James. I'm trying to remember what number two were. I remember one, obviously. I'm trying to remember what the third one I gave you was. Well, this is good, isn't it? Well, give us yeah. the one you remember, and then you've got time to think of the third one. Uh, so, the third... Oh, I... Uh, I forget my words out. No, I remember them both now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the one I did remember for last, because I think it's going to get the most discussion. Um, the third one. Um, race bids. Uh, the, the baby race bids. Um, people obviously get a few following me on Twitter for reasons because that's normally one of the three reasons you'd be following me on Twitter. X is supposed to call it now, I guess. On that name. But um the race bits, I just think they look so tatty and so professional. Like they were nice little gimmick in the seventies or in the eighties, um, because that was the thing there. But they just look so unprofessional now. And I'm like I get it for like second halves or junior competitions because 
it really doesn't matter. The club aren't funded. But like those junior races don't fund the club. They are very much traditional. But if you are racing in the Premiership or the Championship, and even I would say the National League, you've got to be kitted out like a professional team. You've got to when you go on your track court, where you're matching jumpers or you're matching polos. Uh, I've been matching sneakers might be a bit far. I'm not that passionate about it, Mr. Alex Brady. But um. You know, when you're in your suit, look for the part. And it's hard with guests, but that's another issue. I don't like guests, and I could have picked that for today, but, you know, maybe another episode. Someone else is going to say at some point. But look the part. Look around. Now, I'm a big fan of matching bikes. It's not crucial, but I think if you're in the Premiership, you're on TV, or you're racing in the World Cup for your country, you should have team uniform. Like, in the World Cup, every single team we saw had team Kevlar. So why do they need the bib on it. Surely Efrain can say to you, the teams, you turn up for the Speedway Nations or you're turning up for the Speedway Nations 2 or the World Cup. Um, you're allowed your team Kevlar to make sure you've got this logo on, this logo on, and that. Just like they do for the Grand Prix. Maybe Smarset can get kicked out of the World Cup final for not having the Polish, the correct Polish Kevlar. But I just think the bibs, they look chatty and it's not a good look for the sport. One of the key things Speedway gets wrong, doesn't focus on, is presentation. When you walk into the stadium, when you uh, take your through turnstile to when you leave, presentation matters. You go to football, all the players are kitted out. The stadium, looks, uh, in most cases, is immaculate. Music is played to perfection. It's DJed well. And I know some good DJs uh, get that in before Carlito gets on my backside. Uh, yeah, there are some, you know, but he's like, presentation and the show. You can have a standard meeting where it's not close or the racing is mediocre, but if you get the presentation right, people will enjoy their evening. If you're relying solely on the 15 heats, nothing in or around it, or how it looks, then that's a failed business model because you cannot guarantee that every single time. You can guarantee a slick show, a good time, looking nice. Especially if you've got cameras there, which most tracks will have a photography there, Taylor Lannings are basically half of them. You know you're going to have photography. Nice. You know you're going to have your sport and BSN. Look the part. Put on a show first and foremost. And then worry about if your team is winning or your track's doing, you know, award-winning racing every week. Put on a show, and that starts from when you walk in to when you leave. And how your team looks is very much a crucial part of that. Very, very passionate. I enjoyed that. However, why? Do you not do you not like the retro feel of a race bib? No, we, right. we shouldn't. Live, we shouldn't live in a world. It's just if you are constantly trying to cling on to nostalgia, that will only take you so far. You can't just live on. Oh, look how good things were twenty years ago. Because then I think, oh, well, if it's not as good as twenty years ago, I'm not going to bother. Like, should be modern. You are speedway is competing with other sports, whether it likes it or not. It is not competing with itself. It is competing against. Sport is competing against theatre, is competing against cinema, is competing for staying at home and playing your Xbox, your PlayStation, your PC. Because all of these things are things that cost money and things that occupy time. So you've got to look the part, you've got to pull people in. And if you turn up to a team and there are seven riders there, all wearing Kevlar's, their own individual Kevlar's that don't match, with a bib on it that hasn't been cleaned properly and just has a silly little comic logo on it and a number, and they don't feel like a team. They're just going out and doing 15 races, and they, 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 they've done well or whatever. They've won 47, 43. It's been a standard meeting. So what? 
So what? Turn up. Look, wow. They look, you know, they look sharp. They look focused. They're a team. You see it on track. You see it in the pitch, the camaraderie. You see it when they're doing the track walk. You see the logos and the colours passing everywhere in your stadium, from the seat to the cafes. You make it your team. You have a team identity and you stick to it. That's why it matters and that's why you don't stick on nostalgia. I think he's uh, strongly uh, backing himself in this one, Greg, don't you think? I, I got a bit scared, but I won't yeah. lie. Yeah. Look at Stoke. Stoke closed, right? Stoke closed, right? A lot of... They didn't promote it. The stadium was old. It was falling apart. Now, they may not have control of that or not, but it is a factor, right? The pits were so old and fashioned, you could barely put your bikes in. Team wore the same style race club every single meeting, every single year. There was no evolution in that club. The track was old. It was decaying. Stadium, pit, team, management, the way it was running, old, decaying, and it closed. And you can't say they didn't deserve it because they didn't. They had years and years to see where the trend was going, and they did nothing. Other clubs should take it, and there are some clubs that do it. See Ipswich, their crowds the last few years, brilliant. And I'm not saying Charles they've got team bibs, they've got team suits, they've got team bikes and that. But there is an identity to the team. There is something you can connect to. You know you are watching Ipswich. So, see, I, with my point on that. I agree with the race suits. I think teams should have race suits where possible because obviously if there's injuries, guess, things like that. Which I know you said there's another argument for another day. Um, one thing that I wouldn't change, this is purely, you know, thinking back to me as a kid getting into Speedway, I want riders to have their own bikes, as in their own sort of covers on their bikes because that makes them individual. Um, you think of someone like the riders over the years, like for example, Ty Whipping did, I always sort of associate him with having black bikes. Um, whereas, you know, there's, picking out a name from when I was growing up like Chris Shigelski, I always remember him blue bikes, so you know, there is sort of, I, I like the individualistic side of it, so you know and, and oh, I'm so glad you used that word individualistic, because it gives on the right point, you have Grand Prix you have the British Championship, the British under 21, you have these individual events for colours, where riders will market themselves, how they want it why? Because they know a good image good, and then all the mechanics that have the same colours because they know that sells. That looks good. That what pull the sponsors in. Why? Why can't we just have perhaps team suits, which for the record I do, but um, the actual cover of the bike itself, I I I do prefer the individual ones. The bikes I'm not strong about. If I run a club, there would be matching bikes, matching polos. The pits would be decorated in colours. It wouldn't just be a basic wall. It. I'm a big fan of you, and this comes from being a rider as well. I like being in a team where I feel everyone is connected because I've had the real way. Enough now, obviously, we're an MSDL team. We couldn't afford Kevlar's and bikes, but we all had matching polos. We all had shirts. There was a unity in the team. You knew when riders turned up, we were way rough. And I, I even had one year because I got given a free, um, when I was buying my Kevlar's and bikes, they offered me a free set of bike covers, and I only had one bike, so I got Weymouth one colours for my bike. You knew that Paul, we had that connection with the crowd, with the promotion, the team felt unity, and it was probably the best season that I've had as an individual and one of the most successful I've had as part of a club. I didn't get that feeling, with the exception being at Eastbourne, but unfortunately uh, we had COVID, and then this season uh, obviously it collapsed and I was injured, so I never got to be involved in it. They're the two times I felt the most connected as a squad, as a team, and that's what it's about. It's about that feeling, because the fans pick up on it. If you go to watch a team that feels disconnected, that feels individualistic, like it's just a group of individuals that are just there to pick up five heats, 
they're crying something out and they're not caring. If you feel that you're a team you're connected to, you will support it more. You'll be more willing to invest your time, your attention, and your effort into the team. And that's what Speedway needs. It needs attention, it needs money, it needs time. And it needs matching team suits. Craig, I don't know about you, but I am in. However, the bike covers, I do still have a... Fort, they can have the fork covers, I don't mind the fork covers. The bike covers themselves, I don't really care. But I do agree, team suits, I think it needs to modernise the sport a little bit more, like you've said. And I'm, I'm in agreement. Craig, are you making it a full house or...? Unfortunately... Unfortunately, yes, I am. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, no I, I agree with the team suits. That I think bike covers are, yeah, are, are potentially a separate argument. But team suits, yes. JJ, you can have this one, mate. He's two out of two, but his two bonus points are not in. And now we are going to go to the second question, which Craig has hopefully got ready, I hope. And then we will be back with your, your final to see if you can, we can start with a full house and perhaps... Uh, yeah, see how it goes. Right, JJ, you ready? Yep. Right, so uh, who is your one to watch for 2024? You can do either British Speedway, World Speedway, or both. So, uh, World Speedway in the Grand Prix, my one to watch is Ty Hookenbeck. Poor bloke. Uh, because I think a lot of people are doing a bit of stick. He's in the Grand Prix, he's got a wild card. I don't, I must say, I don't think he's going to get Grand Prix win. I don't think he will get top six. I think what he will do is be entertaining. He's an aggressive rider. He likes to put himself about. He's done very well in World Cups and Stons for Germany. And in Torrent, when he hit the front, he checked out. He was showing like almost smart level of speed. He just needs to work on that consistency. I think now that he's got the Grand Prix, he's got that carrot dangling over him. He's had months to prepare for this. I think you're going to see someone who's going to come out firing and uh, I don't think he'll be dead last I think he'll put the cat among the pigeons uh, and be quite an exciting rider to watch especially when it comes around to that song week in Bellevue I think he will relish the chance to captain Germany as their Grand Prix rider on a week at Bellevue you know I, I just want to jump in again hello it's me I, I think it's a big season for Kai Hukenbeck. Um, I don't know about you Craig but um, I do look forward to seeing how he does in the GP because there's been a lot of controversy with it and um yeah, I, I probably wouldn't make him my personal one to watch, but I, I do see what you mean. You're not sort of saying, like, oh, he could win the, you know, could be world champion or anything. But, you know, I think he will have his moments. Um, I'm I'm also a big Andy Lebedev fan, so I know where you're coming from with that one. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I think it's some people might be pleasantly surprised. I think the team I'd watch out for in British Speedway is a champion team. I'm picking this team because I'm more interested to see how two of their riders are going to get on. It pains me to say this, but I'll be keeping a keen eye on Workington. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is... You, you know, you're my favourite guest we've ever had on this show, even though you are the only guest we've had on this show. The, the, reason, yeah. the reason is, I like Craig Cook because I'm a Derby fan. Obviously, he's done very well for us in the past and he's been at the front of the team. And I genuinely want see him get to the level where I don't think he'll get to a point where he's on the verge of the Grand Prix again, but get to a point where he could get back into the Premiership and still put his weight about. I'd, li- I'd like to see that for him. Um, also, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm forgotten his name. Um, 
I, I knew I do know his name. I've forgotten him. Some moment he'll come back to me. Finnish kid. Antti Violas. Antti Violas, that's the one. He impressed me at the World Cup. I think he was like the people's champion when he won that heat. I know we went wild for it yeah. in the stadium. Um, and I think you've got him on five as a bargain, especially at home. I think at home he could be pushing for number five, number one spot. Well, Someone or two meetings. I, I'm not one of these people, believe it or not. It's not me. Some people are saying he, he could be pushing for an eight-point average at the end of the season. Um, depends on how many times you have to go to Edinburgh, I think. But, yeah, I think I think tracks like Berwick, Edinburgh, and Plymouth might catch him out. But I think he'll love Redcar. I think he'd love Glasgow. Uh, he's going to love Workington. Um, so. Oxford, 50 50, because it's tight, but not quite. Um, yeah, but I think at home, he'll be one of his riders who seems untouchable. And, and here's my claim for him he will get Premiership spot by the end of the year. That would be nice. I, I, I... He will be a reserve. Pro, I'm going to guess for someone like Kingsland or Birmingham, but he'll be in the Premiership come the end of the year, doubling up. I agree. Right, on to your, your final nomination for Bit Bear 101. We've had the race bibs. We've had the average limit. What is your third one? Can can you make it three out of three? Can he ruin the entire thing of this show in the first episode? Who knows? Fire away, well, JJ. It's the Speedway community. It's mostly British Speedway, but it happens internationally as well. Needs to let go of the riders who have a lot of baggage. And there are some riders... Like James, James. No, there are riders that have a lot of baggage. I'm not talking about controversy. I'm not saying Nicky Pedersen. Nicky Pedersen is good for the sport. That is good controversy because it's controversy within the sport itself and that generates interest, generates stories and need more of it. I'm talking about riders being celebrated who have a troubled history or have literally committed crime. Um, Joss, I think if we celebrate them and put them on the pedestal and come back to image and come back to sponsorship, doesn't look good. Now, I'm aware saying this, I'm making a target for my own back because from my experience of being on Twitter, from talking to fans, I would say Speedway has a mostly centre-right audience. And by that I mean they're going to call me woke, they're going to call me cancel culture. And believe me, I'm not a fan of cancel culture, that's not all about but you are presenting an image. So when I see a tweet saying, happy birthday to Kenny Carter, a rider who murdered his wife, that's not a good luck. And people need to let that kind of baggage, those kind of images go. I see where you're coming from. Um... Go on, call me, call me woke. You're woke. Okay, now what do I do? Oh, oh no, I'm gonna have to cry myself to sleep tonight. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. No, uh, Craig, I'm I'm sure you've got a, a slightly more strong opinion on this one with a uh, Mr. Darcy Ward and being a pool fan. So I would like to see Craig Elvis Jeff, Jeff. If that's right with you. <laughs> well, I'll get into boxing. Well. No, um, no. So me, like, I appreciate where you're coming from, and and to be honest, before so when you mentioned these before to me on um i went and sort of had a, a reread about things about riders things like that and i get where you're coming from especially it being a family sport and things like that however if you're specifically looking at someone like darcy um 
I don't necessarily. I mean, I celebrate him and what I saw of him because of his talent on a bike. Now, I appreciate, obviously, there's things going on behind the scenes that, you know, everyone has their own opinions on. Um, I still celebrate him, and he is still one of the best riders I've ever seen because of his talent on a bike. Um, that's why I'm a Speedway fan. When they leave the stadium, they, they're the same person, same as me and you. So, you know, I, for me, to a point, yes, you are right, but leave my Darcy alone. Yeah. <laughs> With Darcy, because you're the one who's brought Darcy Ward up here, I know I've been quite critical of him on um, Twitter. He's like Darcy. Yes, he was a talent on the bike. If you ignore his suspension, if you ignore that um, internationally, because of his suspension and then his unfortunate injury, he definitely underachieved what he could have done. Yes, as a rider, he's great. But some of, and I know he's a promoter in Australia and he puts on a good show there. Some of the stuff he has said, particularly during um, moments of political tension in the world, he has said some horrific things about minority groups, about um, people that are in a vulnerable position. And obviously he's got his, he had his uh, court case incident. Now I know he wasn't found guilty. Um, I'm not in the jury. I'm not part of that. And it's obviously innocent until proven guilty. But I know there's a lot of technicalities and complications with that. Um, it's not worth going into for like, it's not a legal battle I want to fight. But when you have people like that and you start putting them on a pedestal too much, it sends the wrong image to younger audience members, to younger riders who idolize him sends a wrong message to potential sponsors. Now, sponsors may be on board with that because I know there may be some company CEOs like, oh, yeah, 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 you, you show them, right? And, you know, if that's that butter, fine. If that's the people you're attracting, if that's the way he wants to go, then I think Speedway needs a, a hard look and a hard think about the image it wants. And obviously, Darcy is one person. He's a small member. There are a lot of riders. But because Darcy is a high-profile rider, it's easier to pick him out. There are a lot of riders lower down around it, brush under the carpet because you can just pick on Darcy. You can pick on Kenny Carr. There's a lot of it. You see, I think I see it more because I'm in behind the scenes. I see some of the things that people say, the way they talk about women, the way they talk about these minority groups. The riders that casually in the pits are using slurs all over the place casually, and when you call out on them, it's you know it's streets under the carpet by authorities. That is not an image I want to be a part of, and I will do my best to call it out. Uh, as much as it will make me an enemy to people or uh, a bit of a martyr or a pariah, because I'm looking at my image and what I stand for. And if Speedway is happy to have that reputation, then that is on Speedway, but it shouldn't be surprised if the general audience doesn't vibe with it, because that is not how most people think. And it's a, it comes back to image and reputation. That is important to me, and I'm sure Speedway wants it to matter, and it does not help itself with the way that it brushes a lot of things under the carpet. Hey, I'm interested to see your thoughts here on sort of, obviously I know I've used, or we've thought the, obviously the Darcy side of things, but you as a whole, I'm interested to see your thoughts. Um, there's, there's two sort of things I, I do have thoughts of here. And, um... You know, I, first of all, I, I do want to say when when it comes to like any sort of discrimination, I'm I'm not part of that. I, I do not support that. However, 
I think we can still appreciate them as a rider on the track. As as a person, I, I say it's a completely different thing. There's, there's riders in the sport now that I, I, I don't have any time for. But on the track, I respect them. And then I'll, I'll think, you know, yeah, they are a good speed rider. Absolutely. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying let's start issuing bans to no, everyone no, because no. they've said one thing. People can make mistakes and people can learn from them. But I'm saying when these things become clear, public domain, you've got to acknowledge it. You've got to act on it. Or what's a better way of putting it? Don't tweet about riders who have committed murder. Happy birthday to them. Like that should seem like a simple, basic thing. Don't celebrate murder. No, definitely not. Um, I, I think with the the Kinder Carter thing as a whole, I think there was a bit more to it than you know he, he murdered his family. You know, it's yeah, it's it's a tricky one to bring up. And like you say, when, when it does get brought up and people do search Kinder Carter, they they probably will end up finding out what happened. And it, it does bring a little bit of a bad taste to the spot, but same time um, with lesser con- controversies that we have you've mentioned nobody not, I'm not talking about um, you know murder or anything but there are other individuals in other sports that have done very bad things and they're still celebrated for what they've done in the sport um, I'd also like to of that not always let's use uh, Mason no. Greenwood as an example yeah. Man United Mason Greenwood is still at Man United now. The amount of money they'd have lost over it because the sponsors weren't put out. The amount of people boycotting tickets. Now, Speedway's fortunate in that its fan base, I said, is mostly, I would say, in the centre or the right the spectrum. Um, so a lot of these stuff uh, doesn't bother them or they're happy to overlook it. And it stops that expansion. It's, it is public. Like, whatever people say in their own private time, that's on them. But if it is a pub, if it's in the public, and it is in the public a lot, because you see riders talk about it on social media very publicly, it's just allowed to be out there and fester. It's not acknowledged, like, or it's not put at a distance, an arm's distance. This is not what speedway is about. Speedway is a family sport. Everybody is welcome. We want everyone to feel that when they, when they come to Speedway, they're here to have a good time and be safe. They don't have to worry about what the fans are thinking. And the thing is. When you are a rider, you have a responsibility, whether you like it or not, to be a role model to the people around you. Now, you can be the pantomime villain. That's fun. I like that myself. I'm not, but it's the image I wanted when I started. I didn't end up getting it. Um, your responsibility, if people start hopping onto some of the crap that you spew out, doesn't help new people come in. It doesn't help young people come in. It doesn't help vulnerable people because, you know, you, you want... An expanded audience. You don't want to limit your audience to one demographic because you will not grow. You will stagnate at best. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. And um, yeah, I do think there are riders out there that need to present themselves better, which is something you have to do in any sport. You know, you, you are a sportsman, you're a professional athlete. I know obviously not every speed of rider has had it as their actual profession, but you know, like you say, there's, there's children, there's a lot of people that look up to you. You've got sponsors, you know. When you say something, and let's say you get interviewed and you say something you probably won't say on telly, but you know, and you're in your Kevlar's and there's names on your Kevlar's that businesses on there. There, then you might. Yeah, you are representing that company, that business. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I think you've you've uh, presented all of them well, and I I don't think we can dispute this as a not being allowed in. 
Um, go on, go on. You, you tell me racism's okay. No, I don't think I can. I think that might be the end of Round the Boards if I did that, and I would have very unhappy people with me. So for that case, I think it has to be three for three. And we'll hopefully now go on a slightly more happier feature with the final question of the day. If that's okay with you, please. Of course it is. Excellent. Right, moving on. Final part of the show. It's been um, an interesting pilot show, and hopefully nice to listen to. I didn't expect to be talking about murders, but hey, here we are. Well, that's the survive I bring, Kane. That's the survive I bring. Here we are. James Jessup is a... No, I won't say it. Um, Moving on. So, we did have a slight discussion before this, but we couldn't agree. So, it's for the first one, we're going to have three in the poll. We are going to have a a poll up for so many days on our social medias, similar to Rider of the Week, on who we think is the greatest speeder rider of all time. Okay? Yes. Craig, who who do you think is the greatest rider of all time? Um, I I think mine's quite an easy one actually. Um, in my opinion, but well, in my opinion, the greatest rider of all time, to be honest. Um, the one, the only Tony Ricardson. Boring. I knew that was coming before you said it. Boring. Well, I I think you might know mine as well, James. I think apologies, but mine is um he currently rides still, and I think he might end up being seen as the greatest of all time once he retires. I'm I'm already on the bandwagon. I'm Team Bartos Marsley. Yeah, I, I thought you'd say his mask. It was what you said, Kurt Rudder. And um, he, he was, because well, I'm thinking of it now, he was one of two, and I thought he could be, so long as he doesn't get like an injury or just drop off it. No, I, I think Marcus will be technically the greatest of all time due to like their, uh, their achievements. Anyway, we would like to hear your greatest of all time. I'm going to throw in Jason Crump. Jason Crump, okay. Um, because I know he only won, only won three world titles. Only three world titles, eh? Yeah, I know only three. Come on, Jason, do that. But, Get back on the plate. He, he won those three titles during what people generally consider like the golden age of Grand Prix, where you had five or six contenders at once. You had Pedersen, Golub, Hancock, Adams, Crump, Richardson, um, Andres Johnson was around a lot of that, Hans Anderson, like that group of riders who are, you know, pushing. Um, but as well, he did, was it 10, 11 years? Always in the top three consistently. And that was Marsic just showing that. Because I think Marsic has been in the top three more than every year he's been in the Grand Prix bar one, I think. Well, you're making me check. I have dated. I think he's yeah. tied in 2017. I think, I think, I think 2016 was his first year. Oh. And I think in 2016, he got third. Don't 2017, he... Definitely 2017 fifth, and then 2018 onwards, he's been in the top two. Let me tell you. Yes. Correct number. Well done. Yeah. So, so, but look, I mean, saying that, Smarsic is now going to be Carson and Crump on both of his metrics, if you want to get technical. But, like, that level of consistency in the elite league, I think his average was never lower than nine and a half. But he was always in around 10 or 11 in the elite league when you have. Every team had a number one that was like a top eight Grand Prix rider. Um, or if not, they were under like knocking on the door of getting into the Grand Prix. You ha- uh, he was consistently high Um He won two World Cups of Australia, and really, that, the fact that Australian team didn't win more when it had Adams, Holder, Crump, 
there were always one or two riders short. They were always getting medals. Like, Trump was a natural winner. You put him in a team, that team would pick up success. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think if he was in... If he was in his prime from, I'd say, 2012 to 2016, where you could say it was a change in the guard, because Syphonov and Ward were meant to fill the gap, but obviously they got injured and suspended and that. So you had that, like, wilderness era. If you put Trump in there, he does his master, can almost take the clean sweep of battles and Grand Prix. So that is our three riders for the greatest of all time. If you're listening to this very early on, Paul might not be up yet. We might release it about maybe 24 hours after the, the release of the episode. So just stay tuned if it's not there. And if it's been like two days, someone shout at me. Um, yeah, this is episode one of Fit Bear 101 with James Jessup, who has somehow come away with 303. Well done, James. That's what I do. Now, if I can only do that when I'm racing. Yep, well, maybe not. Moving on. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, thank you, Craig, for your time. Thank you. Cheers, James. Yeah. And we will see you next time. We are. I won't because there's no. You won't invite me back after James, this. You won't see James next time, but you will see me and Craig next time. Round the board is about to get a lot of hate messages, specifically me. Don't worry, I'll send them your way. I look forward to it. I love reading them. Good, because we get many, all from me. Um, yeah. So stay tuned for more updates from Round the Board and Fit Bear One Hundred One. Our next guest might be someone a little more close to home but who we will see I, I will not reveal anything yet right it again it's not right yeah thank you it's james again welcome back no um anyway yeah it's darcy ward for his rebuttal he's gonna put you in pit beer 101 and i'm gonna see yes around this country. I, I didn't need to argue it yes yeah james you have now made it four well done <laughs> anyway that is that is all we've got time for today. So once again, thank you both, and have a good day, night, noon, morning, whenever you listen to this. Go well. Bye. Bye. Bye.